guys, welcome back to the Three Tents Up podcast, and I'm joined with Raz. Hello. And Tom's. What's up? For this recap of the Monaco Grand Prix after a one-year hiatus, and we're kind of we have a lot to cover, so we're just gonna get into the I guess post qualifying onto the grid race. Um, of course, big story was. Charles Leclerc grabs pole, puts it into the wall with about 40, 30 seconds left. Red flags the session. He was on, I think, a, he might have been on another hot lap as well as everybody else in the field and um, prevented them from putting in a really scrappy battle for pole. And that in turn led to his gearbox issue and preventing him from starting the Grand Prix, which kind of had maybe a more mixed grid than we're used to even at Monaco. So we'll kind of run down the order there. I know, Raz, you wanted to touch on a few things with that. And well, we'll firstly, just, yeah. I'll let the room. You're probably wondering why there's an Aston Martin 413 Euro team jacket in place of Greg. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. For That's... Those- yeah, for those of you who don't remember, we there's a there's a there's a season long bet going on, <laughs> petty because we're petty, that um whenever Sebastian well Sebastian Vettel will uh, beat Lance Stroll overall, he will, he will. <laughs> and 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 if he does um because we're this childish and petty, um Greg. Um, for some reason, he does. He's, he hates Sebastian Vettel. Uh, so the best way to get him back is to get him to buy uh, the Aston Martin full price, even though they've reduced the price from 450 euros to 413 euros, as you can see. Um, that's excluding shipping, by the way. So <laughs> um, and and get him to wear it, and then do a video of him saying how much he is a big fan of Sebastian Vettel. And yeah. So um, Greg unfortunately can't join us today. Yeah. Uh, so we've put the um, uh, Aston Martin slash Seb Vettel um, jacket in, in place. his place. Yes, yes, yes. So um, yeah, a little, that, bit of, a little bit of foreshadowing going on here. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> given given what happened today, I was waiting for this. I I mean I don't care who won. Right. This this is the actual victory because we're that petty. Um, all right. So. <laughs> So now that everyone knows, um, you know, we can move on. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can move on. And you'll probably be seeing a lot more of that jacket as the season goes on. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, that's that's how we are. Um, right. Yes. Um, interestingly, right. Starting from uh, qualifying yesterday, Q3. Well, actually qualifying in general. Um, everyone knew, you know, um, it, it, it always it's all about the Saturday, you know, technically the race is won or 75 percent of the time the race is won on the Saturday. And um, yeah, everyone was kind of improving on their Well, they were genuinely up in the first sector on their second uh, run uh, in Q3 because they do the banker lap in the beginning and uh, Ferrari were on pace all throughout Thursday and Saturday. And they were just consistently just, you know, setting the lap. Hamilton was just having one of those off races, you know. And, um, it, well, it, it all culminated to where he finished. And, uh, yeah, but um, the point about Charles Leclerc, um, it got made clear uh, by the team that actually it was the, um, and also by F1 TV, if you uh, followed the post race show that um the it was actually the left hand side uh drive shaft which stopped them from um um getting him started on the uh, for for his home race but yet again for charles since 2017 he's been cursed at his home race so it's it's quite bad for one reason he did everything right apart from the crash that he had because let's be honest right you know the car was brilliant uh and um yeah at the end of the day it's a driver's circuit and he made the mistake and 
unfortunately paid quite heavily for it, as we saw. Uh, so, yeah, Ferrari have confirmed, actually, that the gearbox is still fine after taking the car apart and everything. And the fact is that um, the transfer of the essential impact transferred to the other side because they were concentrating on the right-hand side. They basically thought, eh, left-hand side is going to be fine because he, he crashed on the right right rear where it all uh, went to pieces. So, um, yeah, it's um, that's that main thing covered. Um, I don't know if you want to add your two cents to that, Tom, but um, um, we'll, go, we'll go on. I think, well, I, I will for this moment, for this few minutes, I will refrain from commenting on the clerk because I know Andrew has I'm some back. things to uh, Andrew is back, <laughs> and, back and Andrew ha, uh, has some things to say to me and I have some things to say to him. Um, but uh, well, well let's is, get into uh, so, it now because I mean, we let, okay. me, let me just go down. I'm going to let you have the floor and then we can have that. Let me just sum up with the qualifying. So kind of threw everything out of pace. Verstappen was looking to get pole. He was up as well as Botas. And Sainz as well. So you had a real battle for pole, which was kind of cut short. Lando, Pierre, uh, Hamilton, Fettel with um, five, six, seven, and eight. And Perez kind of bringing up the rear in ninth. So kind of set up kind of a, a mixed grid into... And we all know Monaco is a very difficult track to overtake. So you knew everything was going to be on strategy. And it was mm. how many places can you make up and can you be consistent enough to hold your position? Um, yeah. So that really set up the race and Leclerc was out of it before it even started. So I'm going to let Tom's go into there and then we'll get into the actual race result and so everything the, that the, came the meat of it. The yes. meat, yeah, want, the potatoes. You want me to talk about Charles' performance this weekend? Yeah, because I think uh. we should, we'll cover that now because then... Okay. We'll we'll get into because you know the other stories are going to be of course Max, Red Bull, and uh, yes. Mercedes. Right. Well, first of all, I think that if you put the crash to one side, I think the fact that he wasn't even able to start the race is quite harsh, really. I think he didn't deserve it. Um, he Ferrari in general were so good, so consistent, so fast, so on it. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm barely recognizing this team. If you go back one or two years ago, this team has such a great vibe about them. They have two such great drivers. They seem to be getting their house in order. They seem to be making the right decisions. So and then you come out on one of the biggest stages on Formula One, uh, because I remember as a kid when I got into Formula One, I didn't follow it as closely as uh, I do now. But if there was this one race I had to watch was Monaco. And all the celebs come out and watch in Monaco. It's always the biggest stage. So for them to show up in the way that they did, absolutely terrific performance by Ferrari on in that regard. Charles, same thing. Fantastic lap. Uh, uh, Brilliant lap. He was on another lap, which I don't know if he would have uh, gotten Paul again, but uh, he was on a good lap. And... <sighs> And, and, and then he, look, it's racing, it's Monaco, it happens, these kind of things. But once again, Charles, when he has, when he has a great opportunity, he has that one moment which, which, which screws it up. And this happened in Baku in 2019. Uh, this happened uh, last year uh, in Austria, I think the second Austria race, where he just bulldozes right into Seb. Mm. Uh, at the start, uh, this happened. Um, where else? This happened in freaking uh, in Turkey last year when uh, when he was uh, fighting for the position for the podium at the very last second, and then he m makes a mistake, and then Seb of all people ends up getting that podium. And uh, it's it's just one of those moments once again where he is fantastic, he's brilliant, but. Uh, there's that one moment where you have to just nail it. You have to be... You, you, so basically, it, what you're saying is he chokes on the moment that... I'm not, I wouldn't do a choke. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a harsh kinda, word. Kinda, it's, right. He's just... He's, he, he doesn't... 
I don't think he always handles the pressure moments as well as he should. I think he's extremely good in getting himself into that moment to deliver. But once it's time to deliver, he many times has been underwhelming. There's been times where he's been absolutely brilliant. I think if you look at his season so far, it's been two P6s, two P4s. He has been absolutely phenomenal. And I will say this uh, in terms of his racing traits. Like, if you talk about pure raw pace, what he can extract from a package, uh, some people may be surprised by this, but honestly, the comparison that I bring with Charles in terms of raw pace is Ayrton Senna-esque. It's the, the way he can put the, 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 the speed from a car that's not supposed to be fast. The way it, it reminds me of how Senna was able to extract it from a Tolman or from the early days Lotus. Like what he did with Sauber, what he did last year with that trash-ass Ferrari was brilliant. But again, that doesn't exclude from the fact that he sometimes underperforms in these pressure situations, and he did it again this weekend, which probably cost him the race victory and probably cost Ferrari a double podium, uh, which is, okay, it's one race, shit happens, I get it, but it's not good enough, is it? So no, that, 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 level. And, and this is my grab, and then people, and a couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned Lando being better than him. Lando being better in precisely these kind of situations. Lando was under pressure from Perez for the last 20 laps today, and he held on. He got this second podium in five races. This is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about when I say when I compare these two lads. So uh, go ahead, Andrew. I know you wanna you wanna you wanna annihilate me now, but <laughs> well, <laughs> these are my thoughts. As 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 funny as it is, he kind of really put the ball more in your court with monaco um and i will give you and i will give you that and we talked about it before on the podcast that or before we started recording i don't think we well maybe we're all insane but i don't think we (laughs) bring out a point that's not feasible like i'm not saying i i don't i agree with you in a lot of senses and i there's other points that i just don't but I I can always see where you're coming from. It's not so out of left field that I you know I I'm yeah not it's take it's it's credit. not a conspiracy or some favoritism exactly. or some partisan. It, it's not even partisan bias. I mean, right. Yeah, because you know I mean yes I get it. People have their favorites. You know I mean look at Greg for example. His favorite <laughs> is Sebastian Vettel. But um, <laughs> you know but, I'm gonna keep digging that. In, but yeah I get it. But we, because people are opinionated on the internet, but you know, sorry. But uh, we can back it up with facts, and I can I can back my argument and, up yeah, with and something I, that I, I see. No, and I do realize that the one thing I will say is one, it, it's sports, so you can put as many stats and results and stuff into it. But when you get into sports, in a sense, and I know Tom's is a huge sports fan in general as well, so and so am I. You can't always just look at stats and results. And there's something, and there is favoritism that goes on. And he's exactly right within terms of the comparison to Senna. I'm not saying he's Senna gonna be Senna. I don't. Me neither. So it's so early to tell. Yeah. But you can have that passion. There's something about a driver that kind of has this, I don't know, this underlining talent that you just can't bring in. It's like it's the it factor. And that's what I think Leclerc has. And because he is so, I guess, flamboyant in the terms of you're going to get – when he's at his peak, no one is going to beat him. Yeah. But you do have this flip side that you're going Where to have what happened at Monaco. You're, yeah, yeah, you're going to have the – but I will take that rather than having someone just so the extremely top- consistent – that let, let me make the yeah. both so extremely consistent but like I don't know like the whole thing I will always take Senna over Prost now is Prost probably the better driver in terms yes. of scope <laughs> and in terms of results and everything yes the results say so but do well, I think not only the results but the fact that he's still alive kind of proves something <laughs> right you know, sorry I, no I, that, I think that's bullshit but dark. no that that's bullshit but the whole thing sorry everyone but the whole thing the whole thing is 
is that I think Senna was the better driver because on that day, there was no one going to be. I don't care if Prost is at his best. When Senna was at his, he's not beating him. And that's what I feel like Leclerc is, that he has this – he has an it factor from it. He is very – Sorry. Okay, okay. Just quickly, but Andrew, but and I get what you're saying, and I think you're totally right. At the same time, you know, the, the question is whether or not sometimes he he goes over the top. The question is how many does. times. No, but how many yeah. times? Yeah. And what yeah. if what what if this wasn't what what if this was a season where Ferrari is going for a championship and Verstappen is, for example, his rival, and he just drops 25 points to him? But we think of this. I think we think of this really too early. He's been in the. He's been in in what four years now this is his fourth year fourth year lando's been in what now this is his third third max is what eight seven six six seven yeah how old are they (laughs) yeah they're getting to the point that the experience is it's like what leclerc's 23 lando's 21 yes like you have to come and say that they accelerate so fast and my whole argument is is Lando better than Leclerc? And I say one. It's I think it's very it's very early to tell that. I think Lando's had a good season, but Lando has not also been at the top performing in a championship, potentially championship winning car like Leclerc has. And look what Leclerc was able to do with Alpha, and what he was able to do last year with that Ferrari. For me, speaks more volumes speaks volumes ahead of what Lando can do in a midfield competitive car. Lando is three to championship. I get yeah. that. But what his results of what he's bringing in when the car is shit and when they're neck and neck competing right now, I just I can't go and say that Lando's going to be that much better. Doesn't bode well. He's out of the race and Lando's got a podium. And I think Lando's doing fantastic. And this that... Is- that brings into Sorry. our other thing with you know what we'll eventually get into with Ricardo, but I just think oh that we God. do what we do now is drivers are only as good as their last race. That's a very that's kind of a good norm yeah. in yeah. Formula yeah. One. But I think what we do is we try to find an answer for why someone's not performing and saying someone's better very but- quickly. When we have drivers that are still so young, and uh, but, yeah, go ahead. But okay, but like okay, but fourth year, third year, I don't think you're too young anymore. You're you're starting to to, to get there, I think. But yeah, for yeah, me, you're, you're not supposed to look at the age itself, the the actual biological age of the. No, I'm, I'm getting that, it but in terms of, like, of experience. But I'm yeah, of in terms of experience, too. Max Verstappen is the most experienced out of the lot of them. Let's yeah. be honest, right? No. You know. Yeah, I get No, that. no, of of them three, you know, you've yeah. got um, Charles, you've got Lando, and you've got Max, and you could throw Carlos in there my, as well. My and, whole thing is, you had more time in theater series decades ago. Yes. And yeah. you yeah, have and, and, now and, and, you have less time in theater series, and they're finding it all out at the top tier. So I think you yeah, need but, to be giving them five years regardless of what they have. So I think when you come in and there's a driver that is young and is still making mistakes, he wasn't able to make those mistakes at 21 years old in F3 because he's in Formula 1 at 18. Not but, only that. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, not, not only that, but also back in the good old days, right, you know, usually drivers never came into top teams instantly, right? They usually spent at least the first, couple of years in a, a mid to lower midfield team or a back market team like uh, Alonso for example like Michael Schumacher for, look at the like Mick Massa. yeah yeah, yeah like, like Mick and and Massa and all that they got all their mistakes and crap out of the way in those you know character building cars like uh, like what Mick and uh, Mazepin are doing right now and to be honest right later on down the line they would be the benefactors of it because they won't be dropping points because of silly mistakes like this over the course of a championship. And it's not like, um, let, let's take, for example, um, Benetton slash Renault, okay, the Enstone team. 
they're not always they haven't always been in championship contentions they've always crept up to it you know by by uh, they've been midfield or thereabouts and then they usually get up to like you know third in the championship and then once they're at third in the championship boom they go for the championship because their drivers are well versed and they've basically got all their crap out the, uh, out of the system and and got the 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 knowledge to go with the racing as like right okay I could go all out now and then I have to hold back a bit later and all that stuff and and just you know play the percentage the, the, the so. one thing the one thing I just want to end on and we got a lot to cover so I don't want to sit here and get bogged down on this yeah, no, but the one so, thing that I wanted to say to the, the the response to Tom's for the podcast back and all this other stuff is, as a pers- as a personality, personally, I would rather watch Leclerc than Norris because of that that factor, that it factor that I think he possesses. And two, I think what I mean that's a personal preference, but also I think it is. We we always do this that we go very quickly on trying to find this guy's better than this guy, this guy's better than this guy so quickly. And we did it we did it two like a podcast two ago on Perez and now yeah. he's having a reinsurgence and now it looks like Ricardo's on the on the downhill. We're five season we're five races in. It's what yeah. makes content, but it's kind of like we're very premature to try to put an answer to something that's not there. Now if we go down the line the rest of the season and Leclerc puts in the wall two more times on a competitive, you know, competitive uh, uh, race. Situation. And mm-hmm. Norris is getting consistent podiums over that. Then you kind of have to see, okay, they're in a very similar car, very similar situation right now, and Norris is starting to perform better. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I'm going to say. And I think Tom's point is great. I really think Tom's point is great because I think you need to have that sort of criticism in uh for a driver oh yeah for, i mean i mean for constructive criticism the constructive criticism is part of everything because you've you've got to look at um you know uh, uh, apart from your 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 biases and everything else you've got to look at what happened you know and that, right. that's why we do these um review podcasts and we could clearly see what happened as to like but, okay let's be honest right you know if it was if it was france for example Right. And Charles was on pole. I, I, I'm using France as a very extreme example, because we all know that's the complete polar opposite of Monaco with the, you know, miles of runoff that you've got. There. <laughs> right. It, you know, if it was France. Right. And it came down to the same sort of um, well, France is in a couple of races anyway. So we'll find out then. But joking aside, if it. If it was in France and this shit happened in France, uh, in terms of like Leclerc was uh, done his, everyone done their third uh, qualifying lap, uh, sorry, second, uh, uh, first qualifying lap, and then uh, they were going for their second run in Q3, okay, and everyone was speeding up. Um, obviously, then they'll have to enforce track limits because that's, you know, there's, there's walls and everything like that. But if it was France, would you see? Any of these drivers that we mentioned, who will who will cock it up more effectively is what I'm saying. You know. Well, I just mentioned. I I just mentioned. Do you see this happening again? Essentially, is what I'm saying. Is like how. Oh, for sure. I think it's stupid to say not so. Yeah. I think it's stupid to say not so. I think it's stupid to say that Norse is not going to have these these issues when he's fighting with, yeah. you know, if he's but sitting here end, fighting with Carlos of... in Singapore. I think it's yeah. idiotic to say that they're all competitive. Yeah, I would rather have... Yeah. Sorry, no, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, you know, who finishes ahead in the championship by who makes the least amount of mistakes over the course of a championship. Yeah, but, but you see, the finger that's, but, that's, the, but that's, that's the fact. You know, that's, this is my point, but this is yeah. precisely my point. If you go back in 17 and 18 and you, and you look at, like, Lewis's and... Seb's battle. Hmm. We can we can talk about Germany 2018. We can talk about Singapore 2017. All of that stuff we can talk about. But if you put that aside, what it came down to more than anything was the fact that Seb was having these great races and great performances where he would win and he would dominate. 
and Lewis would be somewhere like P2, P3, but then Seb would have these drop-downs of P6, P7, P8, or DNFs where Lewis would win or get P2, and Lewis ultimately won both of those years due to his consistency. I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely agree with yeah. Andrew that, with the fact that in terms of raw pace, in terms of his peak point, Leclerc is better uh, than, than Norris. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. The, the problem yeah. is... The problem is if he's going to have too many of those things and, and Norris keeps getting P5, P4, P3, who, what matters at the end is the championship, and that's where like, Norris is better right now. And that's what you have to see. Is that able to be adapted? Is he going to be able to make that sort of change? He's going to need he, to rein it in, essentially. Because if Someone's, he can, and just how yeah. Max did. Yes. Yes. Max has reined it in, and look where yeah. it's putting himself. And I will want He's to talk about Max. the fucking championship. And yeah, I want to talk yeah. about that. And let's and let's that. let's just do it. Yeah, um, let's let's move yeah. on to that. Yeah. So yeah. let's go yeah. to let's go to Max. Um, wins the Monaco Grand Prix for the first time. He leads the championship for the first time in his career. And, and Red Bull leads the constructors championship by a single point. So since twenty first time since twenty thirteen. So it's the first time in the hybrid era. Yeah, complete change in the championships. This yeah. is a pivotal point here. We can always I, can, I just s- inter- can I just interrupt there? Because I saw a tweet. It's like, okay, Red Bull are now leading the championship. They're genuinely, you know, part of the championship. What if they win knowing that Honda is quitting at the end of the year? Ooh. It's basically a brawn, but a year earlier. Right? That's, that's a question you have to pose to Honda more than Red Bull. That's Honda's decision. That yeah. would be the yeah. massive. That would be the biggest, you know, kick in the nuts to yourself. Yeah. Ever. Right. So it sorry, I, I, I just had to get that across. Can I head. talk about Max a little bit? Yeah, go yeah. for it. I, I just uh, I, I want to make a point about Max, and if I go on for too long, just shut me the fuck up. But like, I have a point. I, I have a little preface that I want to talk about before I make my point about today's race with regards to Max. I want to go back to 2018 Monaco race weekend, and uh, to me, that was uh, the, the most pivotal moment in Max's whole career. Uh, for those who don't remember, it was a race uh, weekend where Daniel Ricciardo, his teammate at the time, got pole position, dominated the race, nursing it, a reliability issue, a technical issue, won the race. That was Ricciardo's second race win out of the six races up until that point of the season. And Max binned it in the wall, I think, in qualifying. It, that set him back for Same the race. Same Leclerc, too. Yeah, exactly. And, no, and hang on. That was 2017. No, that, that was 18. 18. 18, 18, 18, 18, 18. 17. Yeah. He crashed. He crashed oh, yeah. Sorry. Times. One was in 16. The other one was in 18. But the 18 yep. one was more pivotal because it, it you had the you had the the the, the, the diametric uh, opposites on, yeah. on both sides of the garage, and so that crash sets him back. Uh, and for for the race, and Ricardo is jumping into the pool where, and Max is left there just just in agonizing in his in his motorhome. Uh, for me, that was uh, I, I mentioned this because at that time Max still had this reputation of going for aggressive moves that put himself and and drivers around him in danger. There yeah, were the, times the moving under the braking. Under you know, the braking, the yeah, fact yeah, yeah. that there was the sense that Kimi went was, off. Remember. Yes, there was the sense that he was mistake-prone. There was the sense that he might end up being as one of those guys who has tremendous amount of uh, potential, but is never able to put it together apart from one or two races throughout the season. And you start to think, well, maybe this guy is just massively overhyped. And so from that point on, there was one or two ways in which Max's career would go. Either he sorts it out or he just falters completely. And the very next weekend was the one in Canada. And I don't think he won- he got a podium there. But he was consistently better than Ricardo in that weekend. He was starting to reel it in, you know, hand, uh, step by step he was getting up there. And then I think the next weekend or the one after that, he had that brilliant, unexpected victory in Austria. And I have said this on this podcast uh, years ago, and I still stand by this point, that ever since Canada 2018, Max has been the best driver on the grid. And he, from that low point, 
of 2018 Monaco, he's gone from strength to strength, improved, improved. His aggression is now controlled aggression. He's better at managing his tires, better at managing the pace out front. He's always been great at uh, wet races. He can uh, win uh, at the last second, as he showed in 2018 Austria. He can win big, as he showed in other races. Uh, and going back with this brief, as going back to the day, we have come full circle now. Three years later, Max wins the Monaco Grand Prix and for the first time is world championship leader, putting an end to Mercedes reign at the top. Now, that doesn't mean that Mercedes or Lewis are not going to win this year, but it illustrates come back how... Fighting. Yes, but it, this, this is a point about Max, how he's come back and how he's sorted out from the lowest point of his career, he is going up and, and, and making a case that he can beat one of the greatest drivers of all time. And I think that whole way how he went from that low point to where he is now is a fascinating story. And I wanted to bring that up. So go ahead, guys. From my point of view, I can't agree. I can't um, disagree with you there, um, um, Toms, uh, purely because, like you said, he has grown up and today showed a very matured and controlled drive by Max. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he he did get a bit too much wheel spin at the uh, start of the um, yes. of the race. And uh, but then, you know, as soon as he got that under control, that's it. He he drove to what he had to drive to control the tires, control the pace. He knew he had like total freedom. And then when Carlos was catching up, I was I was actually following on the pit lane radio channel as well. Um, he was totally managing that three second gap, you know, that, that three, three and a half second gap, whatever it was. And, you know, weirdly for, a, for a race at Monaco, it, there was no safety car. No Absolutely. yellow flags. Yeah. No yellow no flags. Flags, right. I mean, you, everyone, okay, fine. All the Mazepin memes and all that shit, right. You know, uh, he's going to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, what was the memes he was in, the swimming pool or on the seafront and all that stuff and you know house modifications and the marshals are in the it, nothing nothing happened right it was just purely about driver talent and to be honest right you know i'm um i'm i'm genuinely surprised that um actually nothing happened and at the same time it was so well controlled not even not even edge of a front wing end plate was missing Right. So otherwise, you know how these cars are so bloody sensitive. It's like, oh, um, um, Lewis lost. Um, uh, you know, usually Mercedes come up with an excuse as to why Lewis's pace dropped and all that yeah. stuff. Right. You know, yeah, they yeah. could even come up with that. Right. You know, with the whole, oh, he took the curb too aggressively. So uh, one of the front wing uh, end plate strikes or the whatever aero appendage there is. Right, you know, no matter how small it is, apparently it cost him all the lap time and bloody blah, blah. Yeah, it cost him Nothing. five tenths a lap, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Half a second a lap for going over a curve, right? It's like, yeah, yeah well, is it, whose fault is that, right? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> there was none of those just, you know, bullshit excuses, as I like to call them, because, okay, fine, yes, the cars are designed to work around all those little appendages and everything like that. Absolutely nothing. And this track was purely about driving it and max drove it as he should you know metronomically pit stops were perfect you know <laughs> red bull you know we'll we'll jump onto that later yeah <laughs> but it was yeah, just max, well managed it was just... it was just so it was it was absolutely flawless drive he didn't even bother going for the fastest lap even though it was uh mentioned to him on the pit lane uh radio um, towards the end, um, uh, he, he did ask um, his uh, race engineer, it's like, can I go for, uh, is it worth going for the fastest lap? And he was like, nah, Hamilton's got it. Uh, it's a 112, uh, but he's down in seventh place. And then Max like, okay, all right, no, no problems then, you know, that kind of thing. There's no need to take that risk. Yeah, for that one extra point, you know, and that kind of thing, it's like, dude, you're fine. You've got a four point. It's like, instead of having a five point lead, he's now got a four point lead. Okay. Which means but, absolutely nothing after five races anyway. Exactly, right? You know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe when it gets to the end of the season, that one point will count for something. I doubt we it. Don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And let, let's not be honest. I mean, let's be honest, sorry. Um, let's not forget, uh, 
we could still have a few more races potentially cancelled. Australia yes. apparently is being cancelled because they, the Australian government have said no one is allowed into the country until 2022. You've got Brazil, that might not happen, and a few other races littered around the place. So maybe that one point might matter, right? But as, as, of, as of just doing the race, taking it race by race, Max did brilliantly, right? Yeah. Just, just did it. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I really agree with Tom's. And I mean, it's kind of it even we can even loop it back, you know, to the the beginning of the podcast with Norris and with Leclerc, but because it's the same sort of topic that he came around and to control the pace like that, to have the maturity where he was and just have that. I don't know, five years ago, four years ago, Max would have not been able to put in that qualifying lap. I'm sure you guys have heard the radio. He's incredibly infuriated. But to just channel that and say, look, I need to get into turn one. I need to cut off, you know, after Leclerc's not starting, I need to cut off Botas. I need to control the lead. If I do this, manage the pace, it's mine to go. And to just have that discipline to put all those into play and then win and know that he's got to do all this just to have some sort of you know stranglehold on the championship this early and to start controlling his fate that's the sign of a champion Mm. and and not only that, remember on the starting of the grid, he actually had his car pointed to the right. Yeah, yeah, he well. had everything. You know, he, he was that determined. Down. He knew. He knew, he knew that. what it, he knew what was going to happen, and he yeah, knew he, that he, he, uh, he could win the was race on a slightly yeah. better side of the track, and yeah, he needed yes, to get to the yes. inside. So yeah. I, I just, it's I really just, awesome to see when, not not even just a driver, but as a person starts to yeah. put it all together, and this is what it starts to see that we're. We're starting to see Max become what he was hyped up to be right before our eyes this season. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, the other thing is, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the irony of it all. You know that old saying that a race is never won in the first corner of the first it lap? in Monaco. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the one race, the one race where that doesn't apply, you can say, yeah, that's literally, because that's what happened. He but I just remember so first... many times of that Red Bull into the barriers. His Red Bull into the barriers. Yeah, oh, God, you, yeah. Can, you have like a, a montage slideshow of yeah. him putting that car into the barriers. And no, what... for him to just have it to be flawless. I was, I was just remembering the year. Was it 20? No, it was 2015. 2015 or 16, 20... 16, 16, 16. When he was overtaking everyone and then he into Sandoval. Okay. Yeah. And then I think it was with Grosjean or someone. No, it was fifteen. Basically. It was fifteen. That was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. That Grosjean, was fifteen yeah. in the in the Toro Rosso, right? Yeah. He put basically... it up into the wall on top of the hill. He's yeah, had yeah, the yeah. whole the the swimming pool section, everything. He's had that yeah. there. He's had he's so many instances everywhere around that track. You know, he's, he's you know. And it's but... built him up, and that's yes. what's awesome to see that yeah. he is not afraid of that circuit where you yeah. would have other drivers be a lot more timid. By the and way, that 2015 awesome. crash led to Nico's unexpected victory in that race. So that wasn't that bad. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Andrew. (laughs) I've lost the race, haven't I, guys? (laughs) And and Red Bull, Bull in the sense, just did what Mercedes couldn't do today. And it's completely flopped in terms of strategy. They They made the right call. Perez made up the right places. I mean, Perez was oh, he's on fourth. Perez, that was his best Perez race of the season. Turned up. He actually yeah. turned up. and it was Could've. it was great to see that he he was able to be that second driver that was able to put it up and to put five places in Monaco like that oh, with this oh. type of race. Imagine if he got that podium. That one point gap that Mercedes have now. Oh, sorry, Red Bull have to Mercedes now would have been what increased by another two points four, because yeah. four. Or is yeah. it four? No, four so or three points. Oh. So there would be yeah, a four-point four lead now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There will be a four-point lead in both championships, right? That yeah, would have been a hammer right. blow, right? Yeah. I mean, that. that but Mercedes, he showed up for what he would he had to do, and yeah. I think that, and I mean, starting at ninth and then becoming P four like that, I think it's just Red Bull had the race that Mercedes did a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, and yeah. not only that, but also it goes back to the point about what all these drivers who changed, uh, especially Perez, he even said it himself, uh, who changed teams for this year, they all said, rate us after five races, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, one day of testing, a, a complete new environment. It's like three and, races. Yeah, one day of testing is nothing, right? You know, yeah. the only reason why Carlos has been so good is because Ferrari have their own test track, right? Yeah. They got He's able well, to have that time. No, and, and and they're just using a two, three year old car, right? Just for him to get used to, you know, scenarios. They can. It's not just about you know jumping in the simulator. It's actually having a physical car to deal with around a track where. You know, let's be honest, temperature changes day to day. But you still have to put it into play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why Carlos was able... This is the only advantage Carlos has over the other drivers that move. There is another advantage, Raz. There's another advantage. Not only that, but the fact that he's been in four teams in six years. He He's used to moving around. And he's always been great at, at adapting. Yeah. That's, but, I think that's, but he's yeah. got an added edge with Ferrari, the fact Absolutely. that they've actually yes. got their own, in literally their backyard. I mean, I've yes. been down to Fiorano. I've seen the track itself. It's a cool track, actually. It is, it is a brilliant track, right? But they, it's like, it is, it's not cheating, right? They're just using a two-year-old car, which is completely legal because it's like, um, you know, Ferrari have that uh, clientele program whereby rich people who could afford it buy old um uh, Ferrari Formula One cars, and they have those Ferrari Formula One days. Same shit, right? You know, mm. but you know, it's it's done with more of a sort of intent rather than just you know dicking around around Spa, right? Because you've got nothing better to do with your money. But yeah, Carlos's key, you know, the reason why he's been able to get so consistent so quickly, apart from being able to be so adaptable, was Ferrari have spent a lot of effort, you know getting him to have that environment for him to um, 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 stabilize himself and assert himself within the team and make sure uh, the the guys uh, know how to deal with him. He knows how to deal with the guys, you know, and all that stuff. So he was brilliant today. Uh, yeah. Was. Yeah. Uh, he was, and, he was. Yeah. And I want to wrap, I kind of want to, I was going to kind of go, I wanted to go kind of like, I know linear wise down the order yeah. kind of deal, but I kind of want to, I'm just going to wrap it all together yeah. because I just don't think we can sit here talking about one sort of team topic and everything. Um, we'll end on Mercedes. But what <laughs> I want to put on now instead of just going down the order is, I mean, you have Sainz, Norris, Perez, Fettel, Gasly, um, all in, so yeah, Sainz, Norris, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And then you have Hamilton, Stroll, Ocon, and Giovinazzi. From two to six, you have a driver of the day scenario. Yes. And I mean, yes. fine, put Max in there. He actually he won the he won the Grand Prix, but he had a, a an absolute awesome showing from Aston Martin. Fettel with one of his best drives of the last couple of seasons. Um, driver oh, of the day. Vettel was consistent in 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 qualifying. He consistently, you know, the funny thing was he basically did what <laughs> the German football team have been doing when they go to World Cup qualifiers and everything like that. They scrape through, they scrape through, but then on the day they actually deliver. <laughs> right? Precisely. Yeah, they, they and he did that with stages. Yeah, he did that with uh, how he did it. Yeah, the yeah. team with you know Fettel picking up ten and Stroll picking up another four in P eight. Aston yeah. Martin has showed up, and. At Monaco, no less. Yeah, they've they've actually turned up of all places, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of Aston Martin and Monaco and James Bond, did you see that thing with uh, Ted Kravitz trying to get in as many James Bond titles uh, in uh, in his interview with Seb Vettel, and then oh. Seb obviously onto it, and he was like, "Oh, right, okay, yeah." Next thing you know, you're gonna say license to uh, to kill or something like that, and it's like it's like, "Gee, Seb, that." That lap was uh, must have scared the living daylights out of so and so, and he was just getting the titles in there. But um, yeah, joking aside, Seb, and uh, this this is actually what the Silverstone outfit is good at, you know, getting these you know strategies with the overcut because it was it was just brilliant. And 
uh, also, wasn't it Lance Stroll who actually... Yes, Stroll was the one who started on the alternate strategy. On the fire. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And he went ultra long, right? It was... It was it was literally him and Sonoda um, um, who were the last two to pit, yes. right? So, <laughs> so he can built I, up enough. Can yeah. I also say? Can I also say how how massive of a, of an uh, uh, in lap Pierre Gasly pulled off to, to to keep Hamilton behind? That was absolutely terrific. And okay, Pierre will be 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 kind of disappointed he didn't get P five, but. B6, eight points with that performance, keeping Hamilton behind all the time. Dude, this was also one of his best performances this season, if not the best. He was, again, third straight race in the, a fourth straight race in the points. Um, I'm sure that experience that he had with Carlos Sainz and Monza last year taught him how to do that. Precisely. Because yeah. remember that, how he won his first Grand Prix. That it was, was like, terrific. Yeah, so, and having Gasly a, was, uh, was phenomenal. Yeah. That's, and, and that's... The fact, yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to touch. And then we all, you know, I want to praise more of what Tom said because I agree 200%. That, but, and then you had Norris completely smashing Ricardo as much as I don't like it, completely smashing what he did lapped, all weekend and putting it, lapped it, yeah. put it on a podium. I yes. mean, so basically, what I want to ask is who is your driver of the day? Because, I mean, I could say it's wow. it's anybody. Also, for a minute, to, to some degree, you know, it's it's. It, I'll go they first all... if we do this, because okay. I just think that I mean that whole thing. I could we could go and break down the team's accomplishments and everything, but from the entire top ten, you have winners. This was yes. a great Grand Prix for a lot of people, and this is what a lot of teams needed. Yeah. Um, no, and, and apart from the salty, you know, keyboard warriors that we always deal with. Um, if you look at it as a spectacle, this race delivered, right? Even though there was no safety cars, no yellow flags, no incidents as such, you, we could even go far back down the grid as the 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 little over cheeky little overtake between uh, Mick Schumacher and uh, Mazepin. Mazepin. You know, he yeah. he literally did what Michael Schumacher did at that same corner, ninety eight against Alexander Wurtz, right? And if you yeah. don't believe me, you can look it up on YouTube. It's there. Right. He basically, you know, snuck it in and Brundle even alluded to it in the commentary as well. It's like, that's his dad. That's his dad. That's what he was saying. But, um, yeah, you know, there was a there was there was, you know, especially the top 10. I mean, yeah, fine. Everyone from P11 downwards, you can't really they didn't really do much because they were just kind of floating around in the same place. But in the top 10, especially the the Gasly, Vettel and Hamilton and Perez all four of them in, you know, in terms of the what happened around the pit stops, right? That was just... That was... Who is, who, is, yeah. who is your driver of the day, then? That, I, I, well, as this is a driver's circuit, which is what I was going to get to, I have to say it's it's a toss-up between Gasly and... Um, Gasly and uh, Vettel. Because even though Vettel was like, you know... He's still a bit... That Aston Martin isn't really 100%, but even though they turned up, right? Well, especially with Vettel, he's still not 100%. He still needs to improve. He knows that. It was it was a tough call, but uh, I can't decide. You know, Gasly, with all the pressure that he had, right? And and like you say, it, uh, I can't, I can't. But if, for me, just to piss off Greg, right? I'd say Vettel, right? Andrew, what about you? As much as I think, as much as Fettel got the extra two points, and I think that Aston Martin's worse uh, than worse. the AlphaTauri. I think Gasly hands down, and the only reason being is like he put Ham, he kept Hamilton behind for like forty laps, thirty something laps, and the AlphaTauri, yes, is Monaco, yes, is difficult to overtake. But this is a seven-time world champion in a Mercedes, and to just be that consistent with every single corner, and you know, don't have lockups, keep the car wide, keep focused, everything. And I mean, it wasn't like Hamilton was sitting five seconds behind. For the majority of the time, he was within a second, two seconds here, yes. making making the lunge, making the push, trying to put him into situations that he yeah, would the break. Only, the only time he dropped back was purely because he. Because it was going to be overheating and everything. 
No, no, no. He wanted the 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 glory lap in it. Oh the, yeah, the um, fastest you know. lap. But I mean, yeah. even in the early stint, he didn't push for that because he had to back off because he was overheating because he couldn't overtake Gasly. And I think the driver that we're seeing now in Gasly is nothing compared to what you had two years ago. I think he's a completely oh, different yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah. Is, I am I am totally on the board. The whole Gasly bandwagon. I think it's phenomenal, and I loved his drive today. But that's 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 kind of similar to, to, to what we talked about the the resurgence of Max, the coming uh, the the it, for Max it was let's say growing up. For Gasly, it's been, for lack of a better word, resurrection, if you will. I mean, oh, oh, redemption. Let's yes, be honest, it's been yeah, redemption off. Because yeah. his Everything career was... Yeah. He was supposed to be right in the mud. He was never supposed to be where he is right now. He was going to lose... He was at the really a big risk yes. to lose his seat. Yes. And, and not F1. only... And then, you know, he gets dropped down to inspire. He has to witness the, the death of his friend. And then he has to, to to somehow keep keep it going, keep keep fighting, keep fighting. Then he gets that podium in Brazil. Then he you know gets a pretty no, good against season against Lewis Hamilton. Against Lewis again, right. again. Like, he has Lewis's number, goddammit. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's Gasly, the Lewis Hamilton. Does he... <laughs> but like, and the... okay. So what you are saying is, in the next race, right? Gasly will be fighting off Lewis Hamilton again. Is well, Gasly uh... better than Hamilton? <laughs> Yes, Gasly is burning him. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not going there yet. Yeah. But it's. <laughs> but great. I love. But fanboy logic. I'm using fanboy logic, you know, because there's nothing better than fanboy it's, logic. Yes. It's absolutely no, but fantastic. I am. I am a massive. Like I like I said, like two favorite drivers on the grid for me are Carlos Sainz and Pierre Gasly. And to watch Pierre race like this, to watch Carlos uh, killing it with Ferrari, another podium in his career. It's so good that he gets his first podium with Ferrari so early on. It just it just cools the pressure a little bit. It's very important that he got it right now. And and uh, it's it's great to watch. Both of my guys just doing great. And Max leading the championship. This was such an enjoyable Sunday. Let me tell you. You know, it, it was. It was, no, it was the perfect race for F1 nerds. Yes. You know, yes. like it yes. was a perfect race for F1 nerds. And then, you know, the thing is, it was such a feel besides like three people. Well, hold on. It's, besides four people, this was probably a, and a, just an amazing weekend. I mean, of course, Leclerc, both the Mercedes drivers and Ricardo. Besides that, this is one of the best feel good races for a lot yeah, of teams yes. of people and it was just awesome to see and it all comes because mercedes which i want to get to next yeah completely can, can, dropped the ball can one I, not can their I fault just... and two lewis not even showing yeah we'll go we'll go that first yeah no no what i was gonna say is like this whole thing about the field um, i was obviously watching it and you know on whatsapp with my mates and everything like that and we're just, we literally couldn't believe this was happening you know yeah i mean we were like now, nah, surely Hamilton will get a, a lucky red flag. Like, I mean, yeah. He was a lap down. You all thought he was going to be down and out. He was in the fucking gravel, right? We we thought no way could he, you know, finish yeah. on the podium. He ended up on the bloody podium, right? You know? So that's why we were like, no, 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 Gasly, come on. You know, half of us were rooting for Gasly to keep him there in P7, right? And then, you know, to add more insult to injury was all the team radios from hamilton bitching and everything it's like i can't believe this is happening and we're like we can't believe this is happening right? botas <laughs> botas having that just the yeah. worst pit stop sorry so ever um, yeah, as, as as we use that as a segue onto um mercedes and what happened to him i'll, I'll let you continue but, well yeah. yeah and then you have well i'm just continuing on that like botas has the worst pit stop except for you know in the last recent years of his, ricardo's his, entire his, fiasco his, has to be right, forced to retire. His basically his right front tire, right or right front wheel went on strike. It was yeah. just like not. I'm not getting. It, it went all. You and know, that's it, it that's went, nothing was, to do with the team. That is bad luck having a cross the red tire, and that's it. But you know, to have this all just fall apart, where it always yeah. seems to go Mercedes's way. Like Imola's like, yeah. okay, the F1 gods, here we go. We're gonna give it to Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this, but. <sighs> Both Hamilton's more lucky than he is talented at at, at Imola, for example. He I was more lucky. Yeah, no, he's got more luck than he, he's got talent. I'm not denying he's got talent, right? But he's got 
twice as much luck, if you know what I mean. It's like if his talent is 100, right, he's got 200 luck, essentially, is what I'm saying. But, yeah, today it was just like, you know, <laughs> what happened? And have you noticed? I don't know if you've seen this before or not, but usually cross-threaded wheel nut is always when you're putting the wheel on. Think think about it, right? I have never seen a cross-threaded wheel nut. Well, did, not, did that happen you know, when they put it on on the grid? <clears throat> no, I don't know. But um, no, 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 because what happened was obviously later on, I, 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 I did uh, watch the post-race coverage and they said that essentially the, the wheel nut had because it was cross-threaded and because of the heat and everything like that, it kind of like fused welded. itself. It yeah. Welded to the it kind of welded itself on <clears throat> to the front axle. So that's why they couldn't get off. That's why they were spinning the, the gun, you know, the you air saw gun. saw just it, the shards. Yeah. 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 And, play and it was, it's, yeah. So basically it wasn't just a cross-threaded wheel. Now it was like cross. Yeah. And then because obviously the heat transfer from the brakes, right heated it up and that whole front because it gets really hot there you know and that kind of thing and um obviously melted it and those those nuts are made out of some exotic material like magnesium or or or, or something like that which let's be honest the temperature tolerance at those temperatures it will easily fuse itself to right. if it's not in pro- properly so yeah that's the first time i've seen a wheel you know usually it's a sticky wheel on yeah. Not a sticky wheel no off. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's that's just weird. Can I make, can I make a, again, I have to, uh, kind of philosophical, feeling kind of philosophical today, but again, I have to go on these these rants or whatever, these Tom's tangents, as Andrew likes to call them. Uh, <laughs> one thing I will point out, and this is not, I don't want to come off as disrespectful or anything like that, but um, over the last few weeks, um, I have heard way too much, and I mean way too much from Toto Wolf. Oh, uh, I, I have heard, oh, I have uh, had to listen. I think it was the Portuguese weekend where the first, you know, when they when he was talking about how how you know, oh, this new Red Bull powertrains thing is gonna is actually a segue for Volkswagen to come in and and, and Red Bull becoming a part of that team. Then oh, he's, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, then yeah. he's talking about then he's talking about oh how there are lottery numbers uh, uh, offered by Red Bull to Mercedes guys to join this new project of Red Bulls. Then he's now talking about these flexi wings or whatever, whatever. And I remember vividly in in. Um, in, well, do you uh, see what you said just today about the, the no. whole uh, red, red flag lap being deleted? What did he say? What did he say? You know, you know because of what happened yesterday right, yes. with Charles, and then, you know, he set his uh, time, and then, you know, because he's fueling the more... He's more... He's got a, he's got a tinfoil hat on more of the he time is, than, yes. than, than the internet fanboys that we deal with, you know? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what he was suggesting. What he was basically suggesting was um yeah you know and remember for 80 years or however long f1's been going on for we've always raced around monaco we've always had problems like this you know because it's monaco right let's not forget these cars are the widest and the biggest and the fattest f1 cars to exist right ever by by far exactly by far by they're literally a whole meter meter and a half longer and and all the rest of it but the he suggested right and this is this really got me like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Right? He suggested that they should delete all lap times, right? Just as the red flag happens. What? And qualify. Yeah. Because guess what? His precious princess didn't get a lap in, right? You, the, the no reason one why got a lap two, in. No, no. But here's the thing. The reason why you have two laps in Q3, you got enough time for two laps, all right? Unless you long fill you could do like you know a couple of laps or whatever but genuinely speaking you got enough time for two hot laps one's called a banker lap for a reason you know there could be bad weather right there could be a red flag right if it was if for example right it was bad weather and because of bad weather they had to red flag the session right what he's suggesting is that everyone who set a lap time before the red flag came out their lap times should be deleted Oh my God! No, but, so but whoever, I, I, essentially, whoever caused the red flag, their lap time should be. Why? 
they've been penalized enough, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, Leclerc literally DNS. Right, you know. So, but but so getting yeah, back, but getting back and, to and my he point. Also, the other the other thing that he did was um, about the Red Bull thing and stealing engineers and everything like that. He said that apparently Andy Cowell of Mercedes HPP has yes. signed up with Red Bull, right? And then Christian Horner saying like, oh, "That's news to me. I didn't know." Right? You know, we didn't sign. No, but and this is and this is the thing. And and I think it was the Portuguese weekend where I think the the, the suggestion was thrown out by Toto Wolff that Volkswagen might be in the background with this yes, project. It was. Yes, and, yes, and, yes. and 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 then. It was also the weekend where Christian Horner was one of the featured guys on Sky Panel. You know how Sky interview yep. these team yep. principals every weekend. They pick, the, pick a different one every During weekend. During the uh, FP sessions or whatever. Right, right. And they, and they interviewed, asked a couple of questions. And I think Crofty asked him, like, so what about the, the whole Volkswagen thing? You know, Toto said this and that and the other. And, and what Christian Horner said is something that I want to say right now. is like Toto just needs to focus on his own team. Because what happens today is what happened today with all of this, all of this shenanigans, all of the things he said. Look, I understand these mind games and these. And, 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 I understand that the fight outside the track is just as important as the fight inside or on the track. I get all of that. But uh, but uh, this is also this is all happening. I've, I've never heard so much from Toto Wolf ever in my in my life. Uh, he's he's just chatting and chatting and chatting, and this is coinciding with the time frame where Mercedes have lost both championship leads for the first time in three years. If that is not a message directed to you by the racing gods that you should start focusing on your team's performance, then I don't know what will. He's think deflecting. About, what he's doing is deflecting. Deflecting. And, and Rez, yes, Rez yes. And, uh, on that point about the, the, the pit stop, I get that You know, this was a freak accident. It sometimes shit happens and it's part yeah, of Formula yeah. One. This is it's, not the first, but this is not the first time Mercedes have had pit stop issues. They've had yeah. them all season. Yeah. So no, the, so, this is yeah. Just to I'm just, just to cover you with that. Yeah, no, no, and just to cover your point about Mercedes, right? Because they haven't had that many proper like Ferrari moments of late, you know, with uh, 27. You know, they've been so well oiled and everything like that. When they have a cock up, they have a Bad cock up, right? As we saw this weekend, you know. With, with can every- I can I also add, please? Uh, I'm sorry, Raz. Uh, just another quick point. You know how Mercedes always are talking about, oh, we win, we win together, we lose together, we we never blame, <laughs> we, never, we never blame the people, we we always blame the problem, and I like that, and I think it's great. Yeah. But, the, but yeah, here's and that the bullshit about the uh, the the two side pod and uh, side pods from uh, oh Spain my god, I don't want to talk about uh, that. Oh yeah. no, oh, but, you know but, that whole holier than thou bollocks, right? You know, and that kind of thing. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. This is what I'm really interested in. This whole philosophy that I have within the team, it's ex- it's not extremely easy, but it's very easy to live by these sort of principles. When you win the constructors by 300 points, when you wrap up the championship with five races to go in, basically by the summer break, let's be honest, yeah. uh, it's very easy to do it when you're winning. Yeah, they, they talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. Let's really. see if, let's say if the chips are down and, and if the, uh, everything goes, you know, tits up in Brazil and they actually lose the championship or like they arrive at Suzuka or Kota being down 70 points to the constructors and Max is like 37 ahead in the Drivers' Championship. Well, let's see how tolerant and how we win, we lose together. Oh, yeah, that, that whole yeah, yeah. harmony thing. Yeah. No, and this is what really annoys me as well, right? You know, Because guess who's the biggest mouth pe- mouthpiece for this whole we win together, we lose together is? Is the their main star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's okay when we win together, but it's like, okay, now it's your turn to lose. Can you lose together? It's like, no. then he'll, no, yeah. he just can't. You see it. He is a sore Let's be honest, right? You know, he says, oh, I'm a sore loser. I'm not going to, you know, but you don't have to get salty about it. Fine. You know, you don't, I mean, the fact that he's still not got over Nico Rosberg, right? <laughs> it's, it's yes. Andrew, but, Andrew, go ahead. Andrew, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to cap it off that it's, it's so hard at the top. I feel oh. so bad for them. Oh, God. No. Oh, no. I feel oh. so, I, you know, Having Mercedes dominance for the past seven years, I really feel for him. Get out of here. I don't care. And that's what we're going to end on. I have no 
go go lose like everybody else has for the past decade i don't it's fine by me um i'm enjoying this shit honestly (laughs) i i just you know he's drinking i don't know he's having he's having dinner and drinks way too much with marco and christian is this he's just yeah he's just whining so much it toto's just like gone off the whole you know marco and christian thing it's like they need their own television show they, anyway. That's the spinoff to DTS. Um, exactly. All right. So, so yeah. that was Monaco. I'm sure we could have done a lot more. Um, but what's the next race now? I can't. Baku. Another sweet circuit. So let's go like Glazer by John. Yeah. Let's, so, let's hope we get either 2018 or 2017 Baku again. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. you know. It, it, it's turned out to be a pretty solid circuit. I was pretty scared when they first put it on, and it's it's had some good memories. So. Yeah. Um, there'd definitely be more overtaking, so that's a yeah. plus. Yeah. Uh, great, so I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Hopefully have Greg. I'm sure he'll listen to it and come in all, uh, come in all hot like I did with Tom's here, with yeah. Leclerc, with for his boys. Um, Let's see if he still has to buy this um, jacket. This jacket, right? Well, you can follow us on uh, most of the podcast sites. Um, We're on Anchor, Spotify, the whole lot. Um, Of course, this is going up on YouTube, so like and subscribe there if you like. Comment, give us suggestion, topic, criticism. Um, Even if you want to... If you're a fellow F1 fan and you want to be featured, it'd be great to have someone else aboard with different uh, different opinions. So follow us on there. We have our socials linked below as well. And as always, thanks for joining me and having this talk. All righty. Thanks, guys. All nice. right. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.